Say, Mom and Dad, I'm praying for you. I want to pray this prayer every day for you. Put it in a card and give it to them. That's the greatest, one of the greatest gifts you can give is to pray for people. Amen? It truly is. In chapter 11, in Luke chapter 11, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he, and he said to them, When you pray, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our sins as we forgive everyone who sinned against us and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine is on a journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he may not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then uh, are evil and know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. As we look through the, the concept of prayer, we realize the, the tremendous blessing. And at the end of this, we find that it's the, the best gift is at in, in verse 11. And we'll get to that in a moment. Jesus and the disciples were really needing to pray. Now, if Jesus, being the perfect man of God, needed to pray, where does that put us? <laughs> On our knees, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, right? I mean, we're to have a prayer attitude in our hearts at all times. And so we see the Lord's Prayer as being the disciples' prayer. It's a prayer outline for us. It's not necessarily just a Lord's Prayer that we repeat and repeat, but it is the, the prayer of, of, of uh, surrender. It is a prayer of willingness to forgive and it just opens up our heart. And we pray, and prayer is based on a sonship. We are brought into the kingdom of God. We are sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have rights to pray and talk to our Father as our Heavenly Father. It's not about a friendship. Yes, we are friends with God. We're friends with other people. But it's a sonship. And sonship holds a little bit stronger a tie to it than just a friendship. God never slumbers. He never sleeps. He's always on duty to answer our prayer, to work with us through the time of praying. 
praying. In, in such prayer of, of in intervention, intervention and intercessory. We see that throughout the Lord's Prayer, how it just moves mightily through different steps of persistence. Persistence is in the prayer, it talks about knocking on the door, ask, seek, and knock, ask, seek, and, and knock, and just continue to. Those are elements of persistence in prayer. And it's an urgency of boldness. It's an urgency. God, I desperately need you to help me. As we was uh, viewing a, a video in, in adult Sunday school class this morning, it was sharing the concept about how the, to submit to God and how that folks sometimes will just ask for things, uh, material things that we need and want in life, and God said, I'll, I'll supply them for you. But our heart has to be in submission to God. Our heart has to be wanting Him more than anything else, overwhelming God's reluctance. Uh, God is not reluctant to respond to us as we have an earnest heart, wholehearted in prayer, and, and it's not wanting to obtain obje- objects and things, but obtain a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. To, to pour out your heart before Him and say, God, I need you every hour. I want what you have for me. I desire, God, blessings from you, but God, I want to give you my heart. I want you to feel my heart. I want you to come deep inside of me. That is what the prayer life that they're speaking about, of being persistent, asking, seeking, and knocking. Jesus encourages prayer by reminding us of the nature of the one for whom we're praying. He urges us from the lesser to the greater. Human parents, we want to meet needs. We want to bless our children. We want to give them good gifts. When they ask us for something, we want to give them what's good for them. Now, it might not always be what they're asking for because we know that sometimes children ask for things that's not going to be good for them in the long run. And so a parent will do his very best to give him, give him those gifts, gifts that are not harmful, but gifts that will help them. And our Heavenly Father is greater in His intensity than you and I. Our Heavenly Father is greater in His intensity than you and I. He wants to give us a great gift. He wants to give us the best gift. He wants to give us the gift that's going to be ever-jized bunny. Ever-giving, energized bunny, just constantly moving on. It's, it's a battery of, of never being have to be recharged in the sense that you get recharged through the presence of Almighty God. There's this energy that takes place. And that best gift, that very best gift, is that gift of the Spirit. And uh, if you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came and lived among us. He lived on this earth as a babe in the manger. And He, the babe, came so in turn He could send His presence to us. And He did it through the cross. Paid the price for you and I's sins. But then he said, I'm going to the right hand of the Father to send the Holy Spirit down to live with us day in and day out. The best gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not just an object that we obtain, but it's God's very presence. The Holy Spirit grounds us 
it makes us grounded in Him and gives us the assurance that He will provide both spiritual and material things. And so this gift of the Holy Spirit is, Lord Jesus, fill me with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, fill me with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, fill me with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And you see, when you're totally full of the Holy Spirit, there's a prayer language that begins to flow out. Holy Spirit, come in and envelop me. Holy Spirit, come in and just lodge with me. Holy Spirit, come in and just spend time in my presence. God, God, I open my heart. Holy Spirit, come. You see, God wants to come in pure vessels. And so we ask God to purify us through the blood of Jesus. We say, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. Now, Lord, fill me with the fullness. And the fullness is that ability to pray in tongues fluently in God's presence. And, and you start with a word or a syllable that sounds like gibberish for some people would say. And it doesn't make sense. But as you continue to practice what little bit the Holy Spirit gives you, then you begin to pray in that prayer language. And this gift is something that you can use every day. It's, this prayer language is something you can use in tragedy. When, 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 when tragedy strikes, you can begin to pray in the Spirit and know that you're communing directly with God and that the devil can't intercept the prayer. It's your heart and your spirit being praying out to God. And it's so important that this gift is motivating us to live a pure life. And that's how we keep the light of the gospel flowing is keeping the Spirit flowing. Praying in the Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse our vessel, allowing our Holy Spirit to be illuminated deep inside. And so how do we receive this gift? We simply walk in a spirit of repentance and say, God, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. Cleanse my heart, purify me. And now, Lord, that my heart's clear and you have forgiven me, I want all you have for me. I want this prayer language. I desire you, Holy Spirit, come. And Holy Spirit, come and motivate me to pray in this prayer language that will draw me very, very close to you so that I can say no to the things of this world when they begin to distract me. When the world begins to distract me from God, I can say no. What is sin? Those things that distract you from God. If it distracts you from God, you need to stop doing it. Now, it might not be a distraction for someone else, but for you it's a distraction, and you need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the very best gift, come and live within me. The best gift. God wants to fill you to overflowing. And it's, we say, how do I do it? You raise your hands. You may be in the shower. You may be driving but more often than not, it's a quiet place. More often than not, it's around an altar. More often than not, it's someone leading in worship and you begin to raise your hands in worship. You say, Holy Spirit, fill me to overflowing. Holy Spirit, fill me to overflowing. Holy Spirit, fill me. And you see, it's that asking, seeking, knocking, that persistence that you will be filled to overflowing. When pastor has an altar call, come to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we have prayer, come for the Holy Spirit. And you just keep on coming and saying, I'm not giving up until God has filled me with this presence. Because with this presence, I'm empowered to say no to sin. I'm empowered 
to produce the Word of God out of my heart into the lives of others. I'm empowered to be a disciple. I'm empowered to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm empowered to love people when they don't love me back. I'm empowered to be an example of God's grace and His mercy to mankind. We're not perfect, we're just forgiven, and we're empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, fill me with this prayer language. Lord Jesus, touch me with this gift. As parents give good gifts, our Heavenly Father wants to give us the very best gift, and that is the Holy Spirit living in us and through us mightily. Chapter 11 goes on and talks about Jesus casting out demons and Beelzebub, and he gives a great dissertation about how that he works through the power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 21 it says, When a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone strongly attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divided up the spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order, that it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that man is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth, and nursed you. The story of Christmas. The story of Christmas is Mary, who was a precious lady, who was blessed to be the mother of Jesus. Blessed. This, this, this woman in the crowd recognizes the profound teaching of Jesus about demonic people being delivered and if they don't fill up the vessel with the Word of God and, and, and Christian music and Christian activities, they, they uh, find themselves in a worser state. You see, our, our, our bodies and our minds are trained for God. He created us and formed us to give Him honor and respect. And if we don't fill our vessel whenever we've been delivered from demonic forces, if that person isn't filled with the presence of God, and the Word of God, they'll slip back and be worse than what they were. And so Jesus is giving this great teaching. And this woman is overwhelmed. And she said, Blessed is your mother. Your mother is really blessed to have you. You have such a, an honor the way you speak. And we honor you. And we honor your mother. Your mother had to be something special to raise you the way you are. Now tell me, doesn't that make you feel good when people come up to you and say, your child's doing pretty good. Yeah. When, when your child does something good and somebody comments on it, it makes you feel absolutely wonderful. And, and here is Jesus getting a compliment about his mother and, and the fact that, that his mother did a good job raising him. This lady was, was just calling it as she saw it. And it's unusual for this to be because women really didn't speak out much. They were 
pushed down in society. And so for a woman to speak this, it, it distinctly makes a very remarkable imprint in this story about the fact that Jesus was brilliant in understanding godly principles. Why? Because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized with John, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the power of the Holy Spirit. A new anointing, a fresher anointing, a greater anointing moved upon him before he went into ministry. That greater anointing came, and then he spent that time in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. And in the process of that, he won the victory. He did not succumb to the devil's pleas. And so when we recognize the fact of how much God loves us and cares for us, he is empowering us to live for him. God wants us to live for him. And so this lady is talking about the fact that Jesus is so special because he understands scripture, because he's God's son. They didn't understand that. They didn't understand the fact that the dove descending upon him represented the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the privilege of understanding all that. But this lady possibly didn't understand all that. She was just commenting on the intelligent dissertation that Jesus has just declared. And Jesus has a response to her. He replies, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Those who hear the word of God and obey it. Jesus never once says, my mother's not blessed. My mother is just, just a human being who, who was, was a good person. He never once degraded the fact that what the declaration was. She was a blessed woman. She was a blessed woman. But when you read the story throughout, you find that Jesus' mother went with him through the cross. And she believed. So Mary was blessed because she was used by the power of the Holy Spirit to conceive Jesus. So she was, Mary was blessed because she was a human being, but Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, miraculous conception, miracles, miracles, miracles. So she was blessed. But she was more blessed because she heard the message of Jesus and walked in obedience. So the fact that you're here today, you're, you're, you're more blessed than Mary. Because you have heard the word and you're trying to obey the word to the best of your ability. Oh, you might not be perfect at it, but you know what? Practice makes perfect. And you keep reading the word and keep seeking the word, keep seeking the presence of God and seek that Holy Spirit. Oh, that best gift. And allow that gift to come in and empower you. You see, it's all about empowerment. The Word of God empowers us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit builds our faith. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to say no to sin and yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of God is magnificent in the Spirit. And that Spirit will empower us to be vessels of glory and honor to our Heavenly Father. To see the beauty of this beautiful, beautiful experience of Mary. Blessed are you. The reply the Lord was making was the fact that He didn't deny Mary that she was blessed. But He went on 
to tell us that those who follow the Word, the Virgin Mary was, was blessed in believing on Christ and following Him. And you have that same privilege of following Him. A natural relationship is not as important as spiritual relationship. Yes, Jesus saying, I had a natural relationship in the birthing of my mother. But the greatest thing is that you hear the Word of God and that you obey it. You'll say, well, Pastor, why do we need that? Why do we need the power of God? Why do we need the Word of God? It's God's design. It's God's design. And as you go on down through the chapter, you'll come up to this verse in chapter 33. It says, no one lights a lamp and put it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body also is full of light. But when you are bad, but when they are bad, when the eyes are bad, your body also is full of darkness. So to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part is dark, it will be completely lit as when the light of a lamp shines on you. Your eye gate. Your eye are so important. Bright lights. We're so about Christmas in bright lights. It's that shining star over Bethlehem that the wise men follow and find Jesus a few months, maybe as much as a year after his birth. And there's all types of lights of Christmas celebration. People putting up lights on their homes light decorations, community light displays, just tremendous amount of light at the Christmas season. And the light of the gospel shines out. When our eyes are not being able to let in the light, darkness comes deep within inside. And you see, that's where the spiritual awakening of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual awakening of the Word of God, gives us the ability to see God. You wonder why people haven't seen God. It's because the, the, their eye gate hasn't been opened to see. The Holy Spirit can open the eye gate to see the light of the gospel. The Holy Spirit can open the eyes of folks to see the light of the gospel. And when the light of the gospel comes in, it illuminates all the way down deep inside of us. The light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And letting it come in and just soak in. Why isn't everybody getting that? It's because darkness. When you allow darkness to come in, darkness can literally snuff out light. If you put enough darkness and you just continue to, to turn the lights down, darkness continues to happen. We can dim these lights down to where they're just barely, barely, barely lit and then out it goes. And if you'll notice, a lot of times a candle will burn down to the very little bit and then out it goes. When we don't take in the Word of God, when we don't take in relationship with God, we don't take it strong enough stand that we're going to have God in our life, the light keeps dwindling, keeps dwindling, keeps dwindling. And when the light dwindles, the darkness overpowers, continues to push out all the light. And pretty soon, that person has nothing to do with God. Pretty soon, they get antagonistic towards God. 
and they don't want anything to do with God. It's amazing how that God put all of this together. And as we celebrate this Christmas season, we must realize that there are people out there who are suffering because they don't have the light of the gospel. God is the one who is the one that lights the lamp. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. He provides a blazing illumination down deep inside of our hearts. And that illumination goes out to the world. If anyone doesn't see the light, if, no, if people don't see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not God's fault. It's their inability to get rid of sin. It's their inability to hear the voice of God. God has put the blazing light out there. He's lit the lamp. And we must open our eyes and allow the light of the gospel to come into our entire body. The same spiritual realm of moving into God is letting our light shine before Him. You see, the light comes in and it comes back out. The light comes in through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The light comes in because God opens our eyes to be able to see the light. The men Jesus were addressing at this time, they were very wise. They were very intelligent. But they were not in the light. They were actually in darkness. And their own wisdom and their own superiority kept them from the light of the gospel. But the person whose motives are pure, when your motives are pure and and you're open and you're completely being in Jesus, the light of the world, the light of the world, it floods your deep inside of you and there's a spiritual illumination that enlightens you by Christ, His power, His resurrection. The entire ray of light comes through this baby Jesus who's born on Christmas Day puts a light deep within our hearts. And when it illuminates down deep and the presence of the Holy Spirit lives within us and we pray in this prayer language and the Spirit of God begins to ooze out of us, we have the ability to walk in forgiveness. We have the ability to let the light of the gospel shine and to let the power of the Holy Spirit pray through us. Let the power of the Holy Spirit pray through us. Let the power of the Holy Spirit pray through us. Praise God. Would you stand with me this morning? God desires to bless you at this Christmas season. He desires to pour out His presence upon you.